Welcome to the third season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club. Regardless of where you're working right now, at home, in the office, or a blend of both, or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you at The Coaching Cast. I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, Still parenting that toddler who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo which suffocates rather than advocates. In this podcast we aim to explore the leadership and coaching techniques required to navigate and survive the current business environment presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today we have a very different type of podcast episode. It is our first ever collaboration episode with the brilliant Mark Crossfield, the host of Your Bravo Career podcast. We're going to be discussing the topic of career changes with Mark and hopefully having a few laughs along the way. So stay with us and enjoy. So welcome, Mark, to The Coaching Cast. You are a friend of the podcast, career coach, and today a co-host with Lisa and I, (laughs) Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susie, Lisa, thanks so much for having me on the show today. Um, I like to think of myself as a regular listener. I do love what you guys are on the show and the subjects you deal with. But most of all, I just love the vibe and humor of the show. I find it so entertaining. <laughs> and of course, we started the podcast around the same time, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we started our podcasting journey um, at a similar time together, beginning of this year, back end of last year. Uh, So, yeah, it's amazing to have you with us today. Um, And you're going to be joining us, obviously, for the whole episode today. I am. Um, So, yeah, I hope hope you're ready. (laughs) Ready to go. (laughs) Cool. Let's do it then. So in this episode, we are going to be mixing it up and taking some of the best bits of the coaching cast and also of Mark's podcast, Your Bravo Career, to hopefully create an epic collaboration episode for you, our listeners. So before we get into it, let's talk about our week. Lisa, what has been going on? Well, for anyone who tuned in last week, I'm hoping you can tell the difference in that I actually no longer sound like I've swallowed a frog (laughs) and I'm breathing clearer. So I was just boasting to uh, Susie and Mark before we started the recording about the fact that I have discovered, probably very late to the party, the amazing product that is Night Nurse and how I took that on Tuesday evening after the podcast recording and woke up a different woman on Wednesday. So for anyone out there, I don't believe other cold remedies are available. I think that is the only one. So if you, if anyone else is suffering with a cold at the moment, which I feel like the whole of the UK is suffering with a cold, as though finally the cold virus has broken through and everyone is back catching colds like we did before coronavirus. And um, every pharmacist I've been to has got all their cold remedies right at the front so that we can all find them, but only by night nurse. It's the only one. No, 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 there's no bias because I know me and Susie have a history of working with an associated company, but I'm just saying that stuff okay. is magic, absolute magic. So, yeah. So after my cold had cleared, um, 
yeah, my week, my week was all right. Um, I have finished watching the third series of Sex Education. Okay, yes. Incredible. I just love it so much. The last episode by far was the best. I'm not going to reveal any spoilers. Um, You're a big fan, aren't you? Oh my God, I am. It was so good. It was so, so good. And now I'm finally catching up with normal people. Have you watched that? No, I've not Uh, watched that. Have you, Mark? Mark has. I have, yeah. Enjoyed it. Uh, Well, because have you read the book, Mark? Because I loved the book. I did. I read the book first, yeah. Yeah, so I read the book first as well. So, um, yeah, and and hadn't watched the series. So I finally, because I couldn't find it. Now I finally found it to watch. So I'm watching that at the moment. I'm thoroughly enjoying that as well. Um, So, yeah, so I've been watching television. It is the month of October. Not much happens in October generally, so... Time for some binge watching on television. So, yeah, so that's about as wild as my week has got, I'm afraid. Uh, have you finished Vigil? I did, and I didn't enjoy the last episode. No, have you watched Vigil, Mark? Yeah, and, and I agree. It was, it was, um, it was always going to be difficult to wrap up in a, in a satisfying way, I think. Yeah, um, I agree. So it was a challenge, but it, it, it was a bit, a bit clumsy, I think, the ending for me. It was anticlimactic. I was like, every single episode was like tense and edgy seat stuff. And then the last episode, I was just like, oh, it was like a deflated balloon. It was like, <laughs> it was so anticlimactic. I was like, oh, disappointing. Yeah. It wasn't particularly high drama. I would agree with you on that. And I felt it was a bit like, oh, okay. Um, but maybe set it up for a next series. Who knows? But mm. big fans of Saran Jones, aren't we? Oh, so, yeah. I love Saran Jones. I love her. Yeah. She is great. Yeah. And um, um, Rose Leslie. As yeah. I won't do my Jon Snow impression again. Yeah, no. Don't do that again. <laughs> we finished watching Game of Thrones uh, end to end as well. That's it. Uh, I actually think the ending makes more sense now the second time around. I actually found it a lot more satisfying. When I watched it in real time the last season and that you know the last few episodes I was devastated like everyone else. But actually I encourage everyone to rewatch the whole eight seasons of Game of Thrones and I think you buy into the ending a lot more second time around. That's a good top tip. Top tip right there for everyone. <laughs> anyway, Mark, have you had a good week? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I um I mean I, I... Having listened to like your last couple of episodes, I feel like I need to come up with some sort of fight fight based anecdotes um, <laughs> with um, with you know Susie fight fighting in the chippy and then you are having yeah. a fight in the um, in the pub. But yeah. um, nothing as exciting as that actually. I've um, I've got an event which I'm preparing for. Or so I'm speaking at an event actually today. Um, it's quite a long event. So I'm on stage for ninety minutes. So um, <gasps> that's exciting. That. What event is it? What, what are you speaking about? I'm uh, assuming I'm speaking to do about with <laughs> how to explore your career options like a pro, and oh. five career change secrets. So then that's the, uh, the the titles, the two titles of of um, I've been given. So I've cool. been talking about that. So I've been preparing quite heavily for that. Um, but in terms of non-work stuff, I'm a drummer. So there's been lots of banging in my <laughs> drum studio this past weekend. <laughs> Amazing. Um, which is my way of, um, well, just re- reclaiming my youth. I, I used to have been a band when I was a teenager. And I um, I think I had like a midlife crisis and uh, about five years ago, I ended up buying a electronic drum kit. Oh. And um, I've, because my um, we've, got, we've got space for a, for a drum studio, I, I moved it into there. And um, so I go in there and, and you know, thrash around on my, on my drum kit for, uh, you know, hours and end sometimes just to uh, just the pure pleasure of it. Oh, my God, that sounds so fun. Yeah, it's very cool. I didn't realise you were a drummer. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking about, like, rejoining the band again, but 
I remember as, as a, I mean, when you're a guitarist, when you rock up to a, to a gig, you've just got your guitar and, and, and that's it, isn't it? Your plectrum. As a drummer, there's so much karting kit around. Yeah. But I don't think I could do that again. And well, logistics. That's, that's really put me off it, actually. So I probably will end up being a, um, you know, a solo drummer from my drum studio forever rather than being uh, someone that collaborates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated by that. I didn't know that you did drumming. That's cool. Very good stuff. Well, um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I have had a full on week. My week has been intense. Uh, we've had, it's been a busy week in the Hunt household. We've had a birthday. So my little boy turned two. Um, so we had a birthday, a family birthday party for him, um, which went pretty swimmingly, which for us is, um, yeah, quite rare. So I'll take that. It was absolutely <laughs> spot on. Apart from we did have one drama where um, we accidentally lost the helium balloon. So I had a, a helium number two balloon. It kind of found its way into the garden because it was a dry day and uh, it got somehow separated from um, the string that was holding it and off it went into the sky. Um, so I literally just saw my money float away. <laughs> they are not cheap, helium balloons. <laughs> and off it went. So if you were driving on the M6 southbound around 1819 <laughs> on Sundays or a silver <laughs> number two floating across the motorway, that was from my house. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was a, a slight uh, kind of a moment there. And then also I've had, so anyone who follows me on LinkedIn and Instagram, um, I have, I'm type one diabetic. I think we've talked about, about it before on the podcast. Um, but I had a brand new, uh, shiny insulin pump fitted this week. Um, so thank you to everybody in the diabetes team at Withenshaw hospital in Manchester, um, for being so amazing. So, uh, I've had that fitted. So I've got a new piece of kit, which is very high tech and, uh, dispenses insulin straight from, an old mobile phone that's been converted into kind of like a device. So it's all very high tech, quite a lot to get my head around, but I'm hoping this is like the future of my diabetes management. Um, so I'm excited to see how it goes in the next few weeks or so. So it's been quite a full on week actually in this house, um, but all good, all good. So yeah, so should we get going? Should we get onto the subject of what we're talking about today? Yeah, let's do it. We are talking today about career changes, a topic which is an area of expertise for Mark and one Lisa and I have both had recent experience of. So firstly, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about your career and how you ended up as a career coach? Yeah, it's a good question, actually. Um, It's quite a circuitous route, really. I actually started um, studying civil engineering at university and when I left university, I worked in civil engineering in various roles for about 20 years. So I started out as, a, as an engineer, civil engineer, moved into project management and then moved into management and service management. And along the way, I became a, a chartered engineer, a chartered manager, as well as becoming a qualified coach. And I think what happened was I got increasingly disillusioned with the job. It was a, it was a good job, but it wasn't really a good job for me. And I had what I now call my Manhattan moment. Um, what, what happened was on a, um, on a trip to New York with my, uh, my, my wife, I got really swept up in the awesomeness of that great city. Mm. And we're walking down Madison Avenue. I remember it uh, like it was yesterday. And I remember fe- 
feeling like really filled with happiness, joy, and you know, the real when you're in a city and you're really loving it, that real bliss feeling. And I had all that. And in the same moment, sitting along that sort of joyous experience, I I started to think about, you know, because because this sometimes ha- does happen. When you think when you're in like a a state, like a happy state, it's easier to remember other times when you've been in that happy state. And I remember feeling really happy in my career in, in, in years gone by. And in, in that same moment, I, always, I also realized that I was really unhappy in my current job. It was like um, a thunderbolt hit me. I realized that, well, I'm not, you know, I really don't like my job. And it really sort of struck home, um, like, like I say, like, like a thunderbolt. And I realized I was like sort of tiptoeing my way to the end of my career so I could put my career behind me. You know, I'd almost start, not, I wouldn't say given up, but almost given up on <clears throat> a really fulfilling career, um, and one that I would love. Um, and I think I vowed then that I would work to find a job that I, would, I could love and which um, I could make a difference. So that's the backstory. So I, so I ended up leaving that job in, in 2019. I did some further training as a career coach and started to help people to love their jobs and have great careers because I recognized that, you know, I'd gone through this, this long period where I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy in my job, but I didn't feel like there were many resources that I could draw upon. I couldn't find the resources. And so I help people now to do what I would have loved to have done earlier in my career. And that is to, transition into a job that they are going to love and they're going to really enjoy. So I now work with people worldwide, um, an amazing journey. And of course, that's when you and I met Susie through the Association for Coaching. And then um, obviously when Lisa as well, when we started um, with the podcast uh, work that we, uh, we, we, we both do independently. So that's, that's my sort of broad brush career journey, if you like. It was one of, and I reflect on this, that it all starts at school, really, I think. We, we, we enjoy subjects at school and education creates swim lines uh, or swim lanes between the, the subjects and occupations. But they don't really tell you what to do if that occupation isn't right for you. And mm. I think that's one of the challenges for, for us all, really, is to how can we have a long and fulfilling career? Mm when we don't really have much education on how to do that. Yeah. And one that actually fulfills such a a multiple array of needs, because I think when you're in education, I know I was very much supported to continue studying and to follow a career path that satisfied what I enjoyed doing. But obviously, as you become an adult and you grow your responsibilities, your career needs to do so much more than that. It's not just about doing what you enjoy. It's also got to support you, pay for your shelter, pay for your food. If you have a family, you then start supporting others. And I think that's where, in some ways, that whole do what you love starts to become deprioritized because it becomes so much more than that in, in terms of what you need it to be. Um, it's so interesting. You had that kind of epiphany moment where you came full circle and was like, well, actually I want to reconnect with doing something I enjoy doing mm-hmm. after all this time. So 
when we think about career changes, I think it can sound quite big and scary and possibly it sounds big and scary because of what I just touched upon, that it actually becomes about so much more than just yourself and your enjoyment. It becomes about like, you know, what you've built up around you and what that career has been able to to give you um, even outside of work. So in your view, is that is that common feeling of fear justified? Well, I think, I mean, there's, there's multi-layers to this, of course. And I think it does tap into the human psychology. I mean, people don't like change. We're, mm. we're creatures of habit. And inertia often keeps us in the same job or career. And we also have this thing called loss aversion. You know, we don't like to think we're going to lose something. You know, we're more upset about losing £10 than we are about uh, the happiness of finding £10. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a well-known experiment, isn't it? That, that, that we, we worry more about losing things than we are about gaining things. And I think yeah. that is a big factor in your career, actually. Um, you know, your mind can quickly shift to what you might lose versus what you might gain. Yeah. You know, the time, yeah. the money, the effort, the reputation, the relationships. You know, that's, there's a perceived loss there, I think. And so I think that's definitely one thing. I think people also worry about the, the, the career change process. They, there's this perception of, that they have a lack of confidence, the, um, the financial worry, for example, mm. meeting new people, surprisingly saying goodbye to people. The number of people I've coached who say one of the things they worry about is the, the day when they leave the organization and there's going to be a big event or a big goodbye um, meeting and they have to stand up and say some few a few words before they leave. The number of people that worry about that 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 actual eventuality it's quite surprising that people wow. don't you know so people worry about all sorts of things. Mm. Um, but most of those worries when you start moving towards a career that you're interested in disappear. And I always like to say, <clears throat> and you'll probably get this um, this sort of comparison. It's a bit like, have you ever been invited to a party where you've you've not wanted to go to the party and you thought, oh, God, I don't really want to go to the party. You know, uh, there's no one there that I'll get along with. Um, I don't know what to wear. And I, and I feel like I have nothing to say when I meet people, whatever it might be. We've all been there, haven't we? We um, have indeed. And then what happens? You go to the party and you have a great time. So, you know, you, you, you meet people you've not seen for a while. Suddenly all the worries you had before you went to the party don't seem like they were relevant. And, and that's, that's the same with worries about your career change. The worries you have about your career change before you do it don't really become relevant when you actually start to move towards the career of, of, your, of your choice. So you can almost put those to one side because they don't become, they don't become relevant. And, and knowing that is pretty good because if you know that most of the worries that you're thinking about are not going to show up, then I know, it's, I know you can't make yourself stop worrying. I'm not suggesting you, you, you do that, but you can at least <clears throat> rationalise that those worries are unlikely to be a big issue for you. Hmm. Well, I suppose our worries, I often like to think, are there to protect us as well. So they... As long as they're kept in check and we can manage them, and as you said, as long as you can rationalise them, they can actually be quite helpful because they they can potentially stop you from making rash decisions or, 
you know, decisions that actually may not be right. There are that kind of sense check to go, whoa, hang on a second. Let's just check these things through and ensure that actually this is the right thing. Um, so you can kind of tick them off each one and go, well, is that true? What? How would I tackle that one? What could I do to address that one? How big a worry is this actually? Actually, it's not that bad. You know, you can use it in that way. So they are helpful to us. So I would never, like you said, Mark, you know, it's not about saying stop worrying, not to mention the fact that that's impossible. I think for many of us, you can't do that. But I think it's just ensuring that the worries then don't control the the outcome and that actually you are enabling them to be helpful and manage them effectively so that they don't stop you from doing actually what could be the right thing for you um, once you once you worked it through. Um, I would say to build off that kind of in my experience, and I know we're going to talk about our experiences of transitioning our careers, Lisa and I, in a moment, but I'd say I definitely went through a phase where my worries about changing my career did actually kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for did actually kind of paralyze me I became a bit too consumed by them Mm. because I was every day I'd have a new one in that would come into my head and I'd kind of be like ah what do I then do with this this is another one and I think that might be because I'm sometimes quite a rational person especially when it comes to um, business and, and career and had been quite logical up until that point and my logical brain was kind of overriding probably more my intuition and my gut feel and I was kind of having to kind of navigate my way through it and, and unpick all of that and and become comfortable with those worries and think about okay what's then the subsequent plan for those worries and how do I overcome them and I think you know when you're in it it can be quite hard to one, acknowledge what those worries are. And secondly, think about what you then do to move yourself forward. And yeah, it can be a, a, a really challenging place to be if, if you're doing all of that and thinking about, okay, and also what's going to make me happy? What do I want to do? It's a mm. lot. That, that's exactly right. And one of the pillars of, of um, you know, career coaching uh, is this thing that you can't think your way into a new career. It's very difficult to do that. And most of us actually stay in that position for a long time. We're waiting for the ideal career to pop into our head. You know, suddenly mm. we're going to be in the shower one day and the perfect job, a perfect idea or the perfect business opportunity is going to is going to just suddenly hit us. But it, unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that. And you do have to take action. And that's the, the key thing that career change is, is an action activity. Mm. And it, so in terms of the actions you can take, and we'll get into this, um, it's about trying to understand yourself better. So most people don't really understand, understand themselves very well, don't know what will be a good career option for them, don't know what you know their interests are and what skills they would like to use in that next job or career. Um, and equally, they don't know what's out there either. <clears throat> they don't know what's available for them. Mm. No, you're totally right. I think people get... I think we can all get overwhelmed with the task at hand in terms of the action that we may need to take. And I think if you are apprehensive, if you are struggling as well with your self-belief and your confidence, that sort of level of action can be quite overwhelming. And actually it's, it's very easy to then say, Oh, I just don't have time right now. (laughs) You know, because like we've talked about before, like one of my age old sayings, you know, we all have time for the things we want to do. And 
actually when something appears big and scary and as you pointed out you know we do have an aversion to change then actually it's quite easy to put off all of that and say actually no I won't I won't um I won't do that today I'm not going to take that action I won't I won't yeah. I won't go for it um that's, but- that, that's absolutely right most people spend more time planning a wedding or uh, deciding what car to buy next than they do about taking you know structured action on the on their career change and they do lots of thinking don't get me wrong there'll be lots of rumination mm. about changing career but you need to um you know you know you have to, you have to think about it as a mini project actually you need to set aside time to research and focus on finding a job that will suit you and apply some strategic thinking you need to apply consistent action persistence and you know you you need to have to do all this in a way which is is going to be like running a mini project and a bit like organizing a wedding, I guess, you know, you have to think about the different stages of, of what you have, what you need to do and keep being consistent with that work until you start making, uh, making headway. Um, I mean, it, you, you both, um, so you both transitioned recently, haven't you, into coaching? I mean, what, what was your experience of changing careers then? Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like my transition into coaching definitely fell into potentially the procrastinating of what we've just talked about in that I qualified in 2016 and I only transitioned into coaching as a career in well 2020 really and what stopped me from doing it sooner was the belief that I wasn't experienced enough and even at points and I still have a tendency to do this now I'm not qualified enough so I've got I've got a diploma I've got certifications uh, you know I've got accreditations but I still have this innate belief that I'm not qualified enough or I'm not experienced enough which is a is a form of self-talk that I consistently have to manage uh, which I'm very aware of because you know I've even asked myself well when will it be when will you be enough you know when will you have experienced enough when will you have coached enough people you know it's it's that constant and I think when I qualified in 2016 I just didn't feel ready to make the move but I felt ready to uh, so I suppose I didn't feel ready to make a move into coaching but I felt ready to make a move like a step closer to getting there of a different kind and and I think that's definitely one of the pieces of advice I've I would give people who are thinking about a career change so I don't mean necessarily a job change from one similar role to another in a different organization that's a change in itself but if you're thinking about a bigger career changes if it feels large if it feels not quite achievable yet what are the smaller steps you can take to get you there that feel more manageable and feel more achievable because that's definitely the approach that worked for me so I I wanted to push my skills and challenge myself so I changed industries but working within the same skill set in terms of what the roles required between those two industries and that was a really great experience for me and it was during that um, step uh, that I started to exercise my coaching skills a lot more and really started to utilize coaching as part of my brand, if you like. So that's how I sold myself to other people. So I started kind of like wearing 
the coaching hat a bit more and being like I am a coach and that's what I do and that's what I offer people but in a in a kind of this kind of safe construct I'd built in this new role and then it was during that time that I went right it's kind of now or never and I think it just got to that point where I thought I've done all the I suppose practicing I can now it's time to just you know bloody go for it and so I took, I did take the the plunge and um, and started um, coaching, like more full time freelance at the beginning of 2020, which you know maybe not the best time to make a career change <laughs> in a you know as a pandemic takes hold, but you know that's like a whole nother, that's a whole nother discussion really because you know COVID has um, thrown up a lot of change for all of us in our careers and made us think about things but um yeah I think it just got to that point and I suppose Susie this is where it was about gut where I just went I've just got to go for it like what if I keep telling myself that it's it's not now or I'm not ready then I never will be you know it's that whole you know the more you tell yourself these things the more that's true so mm-hmm. I just thought sod it I'll just go for it now I think <clears throat> I suppose one thing I will always point out is, you know, I am privileged. So I don't have dependents either. I don't have children yet. So in terms of my level of responsibilities, I have very few. They are to myself and my husband. And I do have a privileged um, existence. So making quite a severe change such as that, that I did, you know, I have to be open and honest and say, well, that was straightforward for me in a practical sense because I'm financially stable and I don't have the added pressure externally of anybody else uh so you know I think that's a a big call out that doesn't mean that big career transitions and changes and setting up your own business are impossible if you are in a different situation not by any stretch but I suppose being transparent I have to call that out yeah yeah I think I think that's right I think well I think in, in a way um, you know, we're, we're living, I suppose, in the best time um, in a country with, with you know, wonderful opportunities. And so in that respect, we are talking from a, all talking from a privileged position. I suppose it's, it's, it's good to recognise that and, and say that. Um, I suppose, and at the same time, it, we, it, isn't, it is normal for people to worry about making that leap because people do worry about all sorts of things when it comes to making a change, uh, not just financial worries, what the family might think, what people might say. And, you know, so you do have to rationalise those worries. And, I mean, you, met, you mentioned the, the the gut instinct. And I think that is, that's an interesting one because some people are very tuned into that. Mm. They can tell the difference between what is the the wise voice, if you like, and what is... Um, the worry voice and if you can do that congratulations because lots of people can't tell mm. the difference between those two things um so that is one of the when i work with a client one of the things i help them to do is try and differentiate see if they can find the, the difference in that feeling between what is a wise call they're getting from the body and what is actually a, like a, a rumination which mm. is not particularly helpful mm. and it's not easy to 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 do that if, you, if so if you can already do that that is that is really great actually I mean I can do it but I mean it's still an ongoing process to manage it because I think you know I, one thing I will say 
you know, in terms of taking that leap, you know, I've always loved working as part of an organization with lots of people being part of a team, you know, I thrive off others. And I think, you know, one thing I also have always benefited from is being able to gain the perspective of other people to help me manage my state because they are outside looking in. They're not me within myself with my perspective. And that's useful to me. So, you know, I've always been comfortable to share how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking with people to help me manage those thoughts. I think taking the step into becoming, you know, a solopreneur, freelancing, and and also in a pandemic when obviously we were all separate from each other, that has been quite a challenge for me personally because I found that very lonely. And I think going out on your own can be lonely anyway, but then also in the depths of COVID, it was, you know, that was exacerbated actually how lonely that could be. And I think therefore my self-talk at times has been quite difficult to like mute because you know it's constantly me on my own trying things out you know it's kind of like you win and fail on your own at the same time and when you're winning it's amazing but it is a roller coaster you know like the highs are extreme you're like whoa like I'm smashing it this is great I've won a new client you see the money coming in the bank but the lows can be really really hard because there isn't really anyone around you to like buoy you up or lift you up or help you out and kind of go, don't worry about it. We'll do this together because it is just you. And I think that is one of the toughest things about going out on your own, I would say anyway. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I re- remember back from you know, the, the corporate days, if you like, where you would have a setback, but I don't know, seemingly you'd be, you'd be onto the next project or you'd be talking to somebody about, what happened or it, because you were moving on to something else mm. very quickly, then there wasn't as much time for rumination. So maybe you didn't dwell on things as much um, in that environment. Whereas on your own, it is easier, I think, to slip into rumination. Yeah, definitely. What, what's your experiences? Because we've kind of done this at very similar times. Yeah. So I would say, actually, I've got some similarities in my experience to what you've just talked about, but also some differences as well. And I also love what Mark was saying about his Manhattan moment, because I definitely had, I'm going to call it a Tuscan moment. <laughs> um, we're going to get to the other side of the world. But um, so, I'll, and I'll come on to talk about my Tuscan moment in a second, but my journey and experience of, of changing my career was, was that it was definitely a more longer term transition and it was something that I started back in 2017 um where I was in a in a job and I was enjoying the job I was loving you know doing what I was doing but I went on a training course and I was um in a workshop with this amazing guy who was incredibly engaging incredibly inspirational called um Waka and he was amazing and he basically came over to me in the um break and said like if you ever thought about being a coach and I was like no I've never heard anything about it don't know what it is I have no idea and he was like there's something in you that's just really interesting that you really love this area because we were talking about a topic about managing people getting the best out of people and I did love that part of my job that I was doing I was leading a big sales team at that point and I did absolutely love and thrive off doing that and he was like I really think you should think about it or explore it and I was like oh wow okay right I've never really thought about it before and it did strike a chord with me there was something in it which I had a curiosity around and 
cut a long story short, I did a lot of kind of exploring and a lot of thinking. And I ended up taking myself back to university. So I went back to the University of Salford and I trained um, for just over um, 18 months to become a qualified coach. I went to uni on campus for some time. I did a lot of studying. I did a lot of writing and reading, which if you know um, and listen to this podcast before, I don't particularly enjoyed that. And it really tested me and I learned so much about myself. But I basically had a building block uh, of steps to kind of get me to an outcome, which was as I did more of it, of, of coaching and training as well. And I found I absolutely love this. I really enjoy this. I get a lot of energy from this. And this is really what I want to do. And, and I kind of had to navigate my way through different stages and, and get to a point where I kind of got to my Tuscan moment, which was I was on holiday with my husband. Um, I'd had a baby. I knew that my lifestyle that I once had of traveling to London every week wasn't sustainable with my little boy now in, in the picture. And um, he kind of said to me, I remember like we were sat actually where we got married because we'd gone back for our anniversary. And he kind of we were sat there, you know, beautiful Tuscan countryside, had a, had a wine in hand. And he kind of said to me, like, you know, what is it that's stopping you from doing what it is that you have trained to do and that you want to do and making that jump? And I was like, just a bit scared. I was like, I'm really scared because, you know, I have more commitments now. You know, I have my little boy, I have a house, I have financial commitments, but also, you know, about putting myself out there into a Mm. space which I have been doing and I have been delivering absolutely in my role but it's in a now in a different remit if I go and do it for myself and and my living and how I earn a living he was kind of like yeah but you know sometimes you've just got to do these things and and learn from it and I think I'd got myself to a point where I had done certain steps where I had a plan I thought about what I was going to do I thought about how I was going to overcome that financial consideration because it is a big consideration Mm. that's not you know, let's be real. It absolutely is. And I'd saved enough to think, okay, I have a buffer here for a period of time. I talk and I've spoken to a lot of people who had their own businesses and really picked their brains about what some of the, you know, highlights were, what some of the downsides were, what were some of the things I needed to consider. I'd started networking. I'd kind of got going. And, and, and so that that day when I handed my resignation in and I left and we had a conversation about me leaving, it kind of felt okay because I'd led everything had led up to this point but don't get me wrong there were moments where it was challenging it had been a long journey because remember I'd gone back to uni to qualify it'd been four three four years in the making before I actually did it and I think just because that is a long-term process for me doesn't mean it is for you but I think a lot of consideration had gone in to that moment in time and a lot of thought mm. and planning and I like Mark's analogy before about it you know planning a wedding and looking at it as a project absolutely that was my own experience as well yeah of, of kind of building it's, to that point it's like you said like that that's the similarity I think for both of us which is the small steps like nothing none of this in terms of the change that we now are living it's not it's not a new change anymore is it see so we've been doing it for a while now <laughs> but it didn't happen overnight like we we took smaller steps to get there and that was all part of our projects um I do I do think as well it's that I think realization and and I think you said this Mark actually quite early on in our discussion it's the realization of 
um, what you want to do and what you enjoy doing. Um, and I, I call it realization, but it's it's not that it just comes out of nowhere. Like it is from trying different things, taking opportunities. You know, you went on a workshop, Suze. Um, I know I took different opportunities through my career because my dad always used to say that, you know, to be flexible and open-minded when working and give a go at, you know, have a go at things as they come along, if they, if they look interesting, you know, and try out different things because, you know, it's such a, a luxury to be able to do that and to be learning all the time from those little experiences. That definitely was the same for me that led me to coaching um, because, you know, when I first started working and I'd come out of university, I had no idea this is where I would end up, but it's not like something that I knew straight away. It has been from trying different things, taking different jobs, being put in, you know, putting myself into different experiences. So all of them are like little steps. And I think when you start realizing what it is you do enjoy, um, but that's a conscious realization. I don't want it to come across like it's this, like you suddenly have a moment. I, I, I think this conscious realization of, oh, I quite enjoy doing what I'm doing. And why do I enjoy doing it? Oh, I enjoy doing this because of X, Y, Z. Um, you know, that's when I think when you've got that awareness, which I think you do have to be consciously aware as much as you can, you can start building that and forming it into something actually that you, you would like to do more often and you would like to do like ideally, you know, longer term. That's definitely how it worked for me. And then building that steps to go, well, so how do I actually do this then? Um, Because I'm like everybody. I find big changes overwhelming too. Um, You know, I'm not like some sort of like invincible person who just suddenly (laughs) went, I'm going to make a big change. You know, as I said, I started coaching my coaching training in 2015. You know, it was 2020 when I decided I was going to start, like really go for it, you know. And as you point out, Suze, it doesn't have to take that long. (laughs) But that was what was right for me. You know, that's not a critique on myself either. We all we take the steps that feel right for us at the time and that's absolutely fine you know and as with everything and I'm sure Mark you'll like agree with this you know everyone's experience is different and that's okay and just because you know it took Lisa and I you know a fairly decent amount of time to kind of get to our outcome it doesn't mean that that would be the same for everyone and everyone's path and journey is absolutely different and that's and that's okay and I think if we think now then about, you know, if somebody is listening now and I actually know somebody, one of my friends is actually in this place right now and they are thinking about a career change and, you know, thinking about what those steps are that they need to take to just help them move forward. What would you say are some of those kind of crucial next steps to help somebody really move and, and kind of move out of that place? Mark, have you got any thoughts? Well, I'd reiterate what I said earlier in terms of you need to create some sort of structure around, you know, think of this as a mini project, if you like. So set aside yeah. time to to work on this. I think that is an uh, important step. So you're not, it's not something that is just in your head. It's something that maybe you spend two hours every Saturday morning working on or, you know, you work an hour on Monday and Wednesday on and Friday, for example. So you set aside some time which you can start to, to look at this stuff. Um, that's the first thing. I think the the second thing is that, I mean, it depends how, how much you know about what you want next. If you're very clear about what you want next, then the, the answer is a little bit different. But if you're not sure what you want next, 
then you you have to start rather than looking necessarily for the answers. We're always looking for answers, looking at jobs we might like, and you know, searching for things on on the web. Start to use questions. Questions are very good, actually, at revealing what might be ideal for you next. And there are two really powerful questions you can use. The first is what if. So the what if question is great for creating new ideas, new ways of thinking about things, um, new ways of seeing your situation. So you can use it like, you know, what if I did look forward to Mondays? Um, what if I found my job interesting and enjoyable? Uh, what if I did love my job? So you, so the things you don't like about your work, you can yeah. use the what if. And and the second question is the how, and that's the, the practical question. That's the one that takes the, the what if uh, content if you like and you can start to ask yourself well how can I start to love my job again or how can I find an opportunity which will match my interests um, so the, those two questions are quite good I think for for starting to unearth what it is that you particularly want to look at when you start looking at your your career they get you they get you thinking about things and if you can you can actually document them, capture them, brainstorm them, whatever, however you do it, it, so it's not just a rumination, then you can start to, um, you know, make sparks with that content, which gets you moving in the right direction. Mm. Oh, I love those questions. They are two great questions and definitely need to be included in our top tips there. Lisa, have you got any um, further top tips for, for kind of changing careers? Uh, I so I, I like the I like the starting to put together a plan. I would only add to that in saying a rough plan because you can't you can't plan for everything. And I think for some of us who do get stuck in that space of but I have to have all the answers, um, you can overthink it to the point where actually that becomes paralyzing because for some of this, you won't know until you go for it and you try. So as you said, um, Mark, before, you said you can't think um, about a job change. You know, you can't think yourself into a change. Sometimes you just have to take action. Actually, action will get you the changes that you're looking for. And I think that's true in this um, sense of building a plan. You can think about a plan all you like, but if you're not if you're if you're not careful, you'll just overthink it to the point where actually you won't do anything. So I think a rough plan's really helpful to give you structure and focus and to keep you motivated and moving forwards. And I think taking action within that, the small ones, as I think sometimes the most powerful are, are definitely um, what to think about. I think to my point about my experience of at times feeling quite lonely and knowing myself well enough that actually I can often be quite unhelpful to myself in terms of making progress. I think growing your network and identifying supporters who can really uh, aid you in your journey uh, is really helpful. So whether that be 
um, a friend or an ex-colleague or someone you know who's done this that you can learn from you know we talked last week in in last week's episode about mentors and coaches I think either or or both are really helpful in these situations where you're wanting to make a change just to enable you to have someone else's perspective someone else's support um whether that be with your thinking or to get advice is is really really helpful um and and then as I said just having that network around you of people so that actually you don't you know you still feel like you're a part of something because for those of us who've worked in organizations for so long you know being part of an organization with lots of people in it's a huge comfort and support and security as well so I think trying to sort of create that for yourself as you move on is is really important definitely the only thing I would add there as well is about having patience because I think this there can be this expectation and I definitely suffered a little bit from this when I started my own business that you know I'm going to sit down on day one and by like the first month I'm gonna have all these clients and we're gonna (laughs) be like off we go nailing it (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) um I hate to tell you (laughs) that's not really the reality um so you know I think having patience with yourself and the situation stuff does take time is mm. not to say it's going to come like if you have the right plan the right outcome the right approach the hard work the dedication it absolutely will come in abundance i know that because if you go into it demonstrating the right values and behaviors it will be you know amazing but sometimes this stuff does take time to come mm. through and really land and i think having patience with the process and not putting then you know, really challenging expectations on yourself, which are going to then, you know, stress you out, put extra burden on yourself is really critical. And that's where if you can, having that kind of financial um, pot to dip into to give you that comfort as you're building your business, I think is quite critical if that's something you are able to do um, because it takes the pressure off a little bit as well. So, yeah, having that patience, I think, is a a really um, important top tip. So um, I know that uh, a big part of your podcast, Mark, is about helpful career resources for listeners. Have you got any um, great resources that you would like to just kind of share with our listeners today on what we've talked about? Yeah, I mean, I tend to on my, on my podcast. So I, I, I tend to have a subject each week. And when it's a solo episode, I, I deal with that um, on the episode. And sometimes I, I have a guest on the um on the podcast so so i've just done my 25th um podcast episode which i'm really uh, well done. congratulations congratulations thank you um so i just in- interviewed a um a voice coach anuska taylor actually really mm. uh a really uh, impressive voice coach and also a singer songwriter so um, that should be one to to look out for definitely um, but, but on my podcast i always have in the middle i always have like a resources section so i'm always like drawing attention to things to to look out for podcasts or videos uh youtubes etc um um i mean i quite often revert back to ted talks because i think actually ted talks are, can be a real source for inspiration they have been for me i know lots of people i work with and people often say well is the one you would particularly point me towards but actually i think my advice would be because i don't want to um just give generic advice. My advice would be, in terms of TED Talks, at least, go on TED and start searching on, on things you're interested in. So if you are thinking about a, 
a career change or you're thinking about something different in your career, just do a quick search on TED and see who's talking about that and see what they're saying and see what inspiration they can bring for you in your journey. So I think TED is a very good good place to start. There are also some really good career change books. Um, funnily enough, I, um, I started to do my own research really into, um, and I thought I might write a book at some point. So I started um, doing some research. And, and, and as you do, you start to read other, other books. And I'd read quite a lot of books anyway on career coaching. Um, but, 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 I, but I came across I came across a book by um, um, Lisa Lewis Miller um, okay. called Career Clarity. And when I read her book, I thought, damn, that's the book I wanted to write, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to write a different book now. <laughs> that, that was a really I, I really like that book, actually. So I would recommend that. So that's Career Clarity okay. by Lisa, Lisa Lewis Miller. We'll um, put this on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll, we'll add it to the Instagram. I also think what girls are doing over at um, Squiggly Careers is, is pretty good. Yeah. Helen and Sarah. I mean, they're yeah. everywhere now, aren't they? They are everywhere. Helen national and Sarah. National TV at the moment, yeah, aren't they? So, they're amazing. Yeah, Squiggly Careers. Um, so, so the actual book is, is good itself, the Squiggly Career, but the Squiggly Careers podcast is, is equally uh, good. Yeah. So I think that's probably worth worth checking out. I think that that, that is really good. Um the, the book that all career coaches love is the book by um, Hermione Ibarra called Working Identity. And that is a very philosophical book, actually, but it is one worth reading if you are serious about career change. And one of the things that Hermione says in that book is that don't go looking for your, your ideal job, your one ideal job that's just for you. But in actual fact, there is many possible selves that you've got in the future. So as you go exploring, don't think you're just aiming in one direction. You can, there's probably half a dozen things you could do in your career, which you would love. And your job is to try and reveal some of those options and to see which one you'd like to move towards. When I, when I read that, it was like, wow, that was that was really profound for me because it takes away the... The, the lightning bolt um, methodology where it's just this one thing that, that's yeah. for you. There's there's many things that you could do. It's your role is to see what is calling for you, you know, to you now, what it is you'd like to move towards. And that really does take the pressure off thinking about the one, the one yeah, option, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I love that. That's that's great. And I it totally resonates with me in terms of that attitude of stay flexible, stay open-minded. And I would add to that in terms of it fits in line with what I think, which is you can change it again. Like it's, it's not as though this is like your one chance and, you know, you've got to make the absolute right decision. Um, if, if, if you try it out, if you make this change, you try it out and, and it's not right, you'll learn from that and you can just change it again because you've done it before. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my sayings is, is you know, when we're looking at options with, with a client is, it's not forever. So yeah. if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Yeah. You can change it. And that is like a lot of people find that quite comforting, actually, to know that they're not stepping into something that they can't step back out of or step yeah. from there into something else. Because it's like, you know, career change is like overlapping circles, isn't it? Yeah, you, yeah. You make your way through those circles in something um, 
and that changes throughout your life yeah yeah definitely and you'll learn so much from that experience which whether it works out or not you can take forward into whatever it is you then go on to do um and that learning in itself is just invaluable you wouldn't have had that if you hadn't done it so you know that's a really nice kind of outcome brilliant In every other episode, we will continue to feature a listener question shared by one of our brave listeners of the coaching cast and offer our thoughts, experience and tips for them to try. This week's listener question is from James in Cheshire. So I will play it now. Hi, everyone. This is James from Cheshire. My question is this. As a leader, how can you help to coach and develop your team to deal with pressurised, stressful situations without simply imposing your own coping mechanisms on them, especially given that everybody's different? Great question. I have to say that is a really good question. So, um, Mark, have you got any thoughts for James? Well, I agree. It's a good question. Um, and it's a difficult question, but I think it's, it is an important one. And it avoids the, the, the usual response of doing, you know, five tips how to deal with, you know, pressure situations, because it isn't about that, is it? So I think that it is a good question, like you say. Um, I think we're talking here about press, pressurised and stressful situations, and therefore resilience is probably the key here, isn't it? And with with resilience, it's about putting in place a response strategy ahead of time. You know, you don't want to wait until you need resilience to start thinking about how to respond. So it's about putting those measures in place before you, you need them. And I think for me, just um, thinking about how best to respond to that, I would say that there's probably three levels for me here. One is about the, the individual level. And this is about encouraging team members to explore their own coping mechanisms and helping them to talk about what works best for them when they're working under pressure. So allowing that discussion um, with individuals but at the team level, having and creating a supportive team to encourage team members to talk about how they deal with pressure situations and how they can cope. Um, you know, where you want to create that shared of sense, uh, shared experience, um, and, and how they deal with the stress response. And I think then finally, there's something about you know, as a leader, you want to be uh, addressing the organisational level as well. So trying to put creative structures into place. Uh, supporting resources for employees, uh, building flexibility, uh, provide opportunity for learning and development. Um, I mean, I remember when I was um, probably early-ish in my career, I remember doing a, an assertiveness course, and um, it's probably called something different these days, but back then it was assertiveness. And I remember coming back off that course, and it was as if the the work had changed that it was no longer um, stressful or anxiety provoking because I felt completely different about it. So I think there are opportunities to support employees by uh, through training and development, um, certainly. And I think that does help then to feed back into the first thing I mentioned, which is about back to the individual level again. So people then become even better at creating coping mechanisms for themselves. So I think there's, for me, there's three things there that that probably um, work together and would work well. 
Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Lisa, have you got any additions to help James? So I think the point James makes around uh, in that latter part, the question of without imposing my own or our own mechanisms is really interesting. And I, I think that comes back to actually we all find um, different things stressful and different things create pressure. So for what you know, what may actually drive and motivate and challenge one may create the negative opposite for another. So I think always exploring with individuals, what is it that you are finding stressful? Where is the stress coming from? Is it internal or external? Because we can put ourselves under stress. Um, It's not always about external um, stresses, if you like. So I think exploring that with the individual and where that feeling of pressure is coming from will help to then explore so what is going on and therefore which are the areas to focus on to try and alleviate it. So mm. I think it's it's all through individual exploration with whoever it's being impacted on and asking those questions. And I think by doing that, you're avoiding presuming that you know best, offering advice, because as I said at the start, what may work for one will not work for the other. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lisa and Mark, for your suggestions for James there. If you have a question you would like us to play in an episode and offer some support, um, please then email us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or you can message us on Instagram at thecoachingcast. All of our listener questions can also be anonymous if this is your preference. So please do get in touch. It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. So today, we've (laughs) asked Mark to provide a Bullshit Bingo. So do you have one that you would like to share with us? I'm excited. I'm ready for a surprise Bullshit Bingo. (laughs) Well, first of all, let me say, I'm only here really for Bullshit Bingo. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. I, I Fair do enough. love. I do love bullshit bingo. I've I've had some very humorous times listening to your bullshit bingo section, um, <laughs> particularly the um, um, low hanging fruit. That was uh, hysterical. Classic. Um, one of the classic. Absolute classic. Yeah, yeah. But look, there's been lots that, that you know. So I've got. So I brought one to you today to to have a have a think about, and that is big, hairy, audacious goal. Uh. <laughs> big um, hairy audacious goal yeah yeah this is a concept which was developed in the book built to last by jim collins and um it's pronounced b-hag so it's even got a pronunciation um uh, ride that comes with it as well amazing um, it's meant b-hag. to be like a, yeah so i don't know if you've heard that before or not no big hairy audacious goal <laughs> I've heard of it before. Have you? Um, yes, I've heard it before. Um, I'd say only like a few times and fairly recently. Um, and I remember at the time it did make me kind of like stop in my tracks and I was a bit like, what? Hmm? Pardon? And um, it, it's a good one. I really like it because it's just kind of, I feel like it's got extra words in it that are not, aren't necessarily needed. Do you know what I mean? Hairy. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah oh it's a good one mark i'm glad you brought this one to the conversation for sure 
Uh, Lisa, have you heard, not heard of this? No, I've then. never heard of this. Big, hairy, audacious goal. I, can't I just... even like the word audacious. I do like... well, but it's ridiculous. It's, it's just like it's totally ridiculous. I think all my goals are big and hairy. I'm quite a hairy person. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I like the idea of the, you know, I mean, ultimately, like you say, Susie, it could just be big goal. Couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Or important goal or whatever it might be. And that th- we've had to bring in the hairiness of the, of the goal <laughs> and the audacity of, of having that goal. That it, it, it um, yeah. So I, I'm very interested in how um, things like this, you know, bullshit terms, etc., end up becoming used in in the workplace. And after a while, no one knows where they came from. Um, no, or what um, they mean most of the time. As they just get picked up, shared. don't they? And they just kind of snowball and they get picked up and then it just becomes part of like the language that you use. But no, you're totally right, Mark. Like, how do they even become a thing? <laughs> this one hasn't become a thing for me. This is nuts. Big Can you hair. not see yourself using that, Lisa? No. <laughs> I think people struggle with the term goal and find that quite scary. And I try and use different words to create focus in most of my coaching sessions with my clients because some people just really can't get their head around goal I mean they're never going to get their head around big audacious hairy or big hairy audacious goal <laughs> talk about make it even more daunting big audacious hairy That's big audacious up. hairy goal. I can't even get it right it's too many words too many words Mark have you seen this one in motion like in action have you seen it used I have I've certainly seen it used on main, mainly US-based oh, podcasts. Yeah. So, um, yes. it, is, it is obviously probably yeah, more a US-centric yeah. word, isn't it, than a, than a UK word. Um, but I have used audacious... I, I have seen audacious goal used quite quite a lot, actually. The, people drop the big hair in, shortened it to like, you know, what's your audacious goal you're coming up with? Um, and, and ordinarily, you wouldn't hear the word audacious in, in, in work. It doesn't get used very often, does no, it? No, it doesn't. So it is quite yeah. startling when you hear it. Definitely. Right. Well, our big, hairy, audacious goal. I said that in the right in the right. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. Right structure there. E-hug. Cool. Um, well, if you've got any big, hairy, audacious bullshit bingos that you'd like <laughs> us to feature... In a future episode, you can DM us on Instagram at the Coaching Cast or send us an email at hello at the coachingcast.co.uk and we absolutely love reading them. So please send them in. So we are coming to the end of today's special collaboration episode uh, with Mark, where we've been talking about changing careers. So, Mark, you're going to read out our top tips from today. I am indeed. And uh, yes, Susie's holding them up. So here we go. So when it comes to your career, the top tips are treat it as a mini project, create a rough plan and dedicate time to it. That's number one tip. Number two tip is to use powerful questions. So ask yourself, what if and how? And use those questions to create ideas for your career. The third top tip is to build your network to support you. So you're not on your own in your career. Your network can help you and support you. The fourth top tip is to have patience. Career change takes time. So be patient. 
And finally, the last top tip is that your career change isn't fixed. It can evolve and change. And that's good to know. You're not going to be stuck with your change. That can change. It can change further and you can carry on developing your career as you see fit. So don't worry about that. So they're the five top tips from today. That's great. Thank you, Mark. So don't worry, listeners, RCBBs, you don't need to remember these now. Uh, All of these top tips will be available on our Instagram page where you can go to if you search for at the coaching cast. And as I've said before, our grid is filled with historical top tips. So they all stay there for you to go and reference when you need them. So as well as our top tips this week, we've got some questions for you. So number one is when you think about your current or next job, what are the things you would most like to do? So what do you really enjoy doing? Number two, what do you want to be known for in your work? What do you want people to say about you? And the third one is, to what extent do you have the knowledge necessary to pursue your career path with ease? What is missing and how can you plug the gap? We hope you enjoyed today's special collaboration episode and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions thoughts or feedback we'd love to hear from you you can contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on instagram at thecoachingcast and you can also look mark up on linkedin email him at mark at bravocoaching.co.uk or check out his website bravocoaching.co.uk Your support means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard, then give The Coaching Cast a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. Leave us a review on Apple and Google Podcasts. And most importantly, subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts and also on YouTube by searching The Coaching Cast. You can also find my podcast, Your Bravo Career, on Apple, Spotify, and my website, which is at bravocoaching.co.uk. If you'd like to learn more about how to love your job and build a great career, career, why not check that out? In our episode of The Coaching Cast next week, we're going to be talking about how to manage your manager and your stakeholders. So tune in if that sounds of interest to you. We all love music and use it to motivate and energize us. So we'd like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next Teams, Zoom or face-to-face meeting. This week, we've asked Mark to choose a recommended track. So Mark, what have you chosen to finish the episode? I should do a drum roll here, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, with, with an actual drum kit. With an actual actually. drum. <laughs> <laughs> right. So my choice is We Don't Stop by Cascade. I think you'll love it. Very appropriate as well. It is a great tune. We just listened to it. So <laughs> please look it up. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. And remember, you've got this. <laughs> <laughs>